everybody. Welcome to WD Carousel of Podcast. My name's Crystal. I'm Ian. And I'm Laurel. And today we are going to be doing the slightly belated, but <laughs> we wanted to make sure that everybody got a chance to enjoy the thing that is Encanto. Yes. yes. So, so we are going to be doing our standard run through as well as a ton of spoilers, I'm sure, because <laughs> we have things to say that we keep yelling at each other. No, no, no. Yeah, save the podcast. <laughs> we keep doing that. So let's get into Encanto. Yeah. I mean, the first things first, it is Disney's 60th animated feature film, which is pretty wild yeah yes i mean we knew that they had a lot but i don't think i realized that there were 60 of them yeah yeah i guess when you count like all the really right. horrible to right straight to like dvds like sequels and <laughs> like cinderella 2 their 60th right. yeah. <laughs> out. oh boy <laughs> return to neverland yes <laughs> there's so many of them but yeah. Um, yeah, this is a good way to start it. I appreciated that they let us know because we're like, oh, you know, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Um, who wants to run over the plot? I don't think I've done one in a while. I can, I can give this one a go. Especially since you're the one that has only seen it once versus and, the rest of us that have been I, like, and we will get deep into it. And I've it. seen it very recently, <laughs> All so it'll be good. Obsessed. Exactly. So, and I'm going to start screwing up the names immediately. That's fine. Uh, Mir- Mirabelle is a, um, the, the kind of one of the daughters of this large family uh, with a miracle. And the miracle is basically, it's kind of a, I don't know, it's very, it's just, it's immediately symbolic. But anyway, so she. Uh, Symbolism but, this movie? No. Yeah, so her, her grandmother. Uh, they were they were running away from violence in the in the town that they were living in, and her husband was killed um, as during the escape, and as she lay crying near the water, the this kind of eternal flame kind of thing appeared on the riverbank, and she grabbed it, and this whole house sprung up, and it was magic and sentient, and every single time that one of their her children and grandchildren came of age they would uh get a their own room which was an interesting thing and when they got their own room it would come along with some sort of gift that they had that came from the miracle um and that's what happened with every single child as they came of age except for mirabelle because reasons reasons (laughs) uh and so anyway (laughs) So she's kind of got that baggage just there. So she's stuck in the nursery and her youngest cousin now is going to get his miracle. And so she's just, she's just kind of, it feels like she's really stuck in limbo. Like she has no place in the family in some Mm -hmm. ways. Um, There's so many details and I'm just trying to go really, really high level here. Uh, She... (sighs) Trying to like figure out where to start here. During during his celebration, celebration party, yes, there's cracks started appearing in the house, uh, and you know, kind of going up to the to the eternal candle up on the window in the very top where where Abuela lived, and there was this, you know, so she's so she's freaking out, and she goes back and and tells everyone, and then of course when they all come running, it's gone and. She's chastised for, you know, kind of drawing attention to herself or trying to... It, basically, it's just a... Call for attention. Call for... Like, yeah, there yeah. could be a call for attention, yeah. So... Sorry. So, 
that's it kind of leads her down a path of trying to determine what's going on with the house. She tries to, and then she realizes that other family members are also kind of struggling, even though they have their gift, uh, which is just really, really interesting. So she's, you know, like everything, you know, your life is perfect. And then she starts to kind of hear the issues that her sister is having. She kind of gets her to, into the, to the world where she realizes she needs to find her uncle who kind of was the black sheep of the family and left because he could see the future and people didn't think that he was supporting the family because the things he said wasn't popular. Mm -hmm. So she went into his tower that was sealed off and found this kind of, uh, kind of shards of some sort of like premonition. premonition. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's kind of green. Yeah. It's really interesting. This prophecy thing. And it showed her standing in front of this, of, of a cracked, house Mm -hmm. the house is all cracked up and so she's trying then she's like trying to figure out how to save the house save the miracle and she eventually runs into bruno who has just been living in the walls for uh, who knows how long um and he determines that it's just wow it just keeps going (laughs) it's it's a big you're you're trying to do a high level yeah i thought it was a really like simple story to tell and it actually isn't uh, and he basically, they, they, he, she convinces him to do another prophecy and to, to do another one of these kind of things. And he finds the same thing is found where he sees her in front of the cracked house and he's going to stop and she tells him to keep going. And then a bunch of images are just kind of shown to her in a random order. And that random order, she has to kind of try to figure out what it means. But she sees that she has to, uh, it sees, it shows her embracing her sister, whom she never has really gotten along with, uh, who's the perfect, the perfect sister, the beautiful, perfect sister. And um, she doesn't know how that's going to work. And then through another series of things, she realizes that her sister is just trying to keep up appearances for the family. The family, exactly. And then they end up embracing because they have a better understanding of each other. And, And I'm missing tons of steps here. And basically it comes down, it comes to a head when she and Abuela kind of face off because she's doing stuff that's not in line with what the family's doing. You're like, what are you doing? You know, she's not being perfect right now. You're ruining the family. And then she kind of just turns around and says, no, Abuela, you're ruining the family in essence. And then the whole house falls down, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is not a metaphor, I'm sure. Uh, and <laughs> not at all. Not at all. No. And so in the end... She and her abuela kind of have to come to terms with... She understands her abuela's history, her story, and what that emotionally meant to her. While also... um, While also kind of her abuela understands kind of what she is feeling as the member of the family that she is. And what that means to her. And then they they embrace and they go back up to the side of where the house was. Lots of embracing. Lots of embracing. The townspeople come together and help them rebuild and they they, then the family makes a doorknob which is the symbolic thing of getting your own room gives one to uh, mirabelle to put on the uh, front door of the house and uh she touches it and then it everything lights up and the house wakes back up again and it's 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 fun and i i had some waterworks and it was good um there was something else that i that was it. That's basically the... Well, when the house cracked, everybody lost their powers, too. Right. Yes. That's the thing, That's kind of a thing. That was the... It was all yeah. tied together. And so when they rebuilt the house, they did not They did it by hand, right. manually, mm-hmm. instead of using, 
you know, all of the special gifts and that they've it, been provided. And did it together. Yeah. Yes. And not having each person do the thing that they're good at and only that thing. Mm-hmm. So let's break down how we normally do visuals yeah. and technical aspects. I yes. thought it was beautifully made. Oh my God. The I color mean, palette is the color palette, gorgeous. How they connected it to the Colombian history. Mm-hmm. You, you, you only get a very small, quick glimpse of where the location's supposed to be mm-hmm. during the initial introduction song. And right. it says Columbia on the side of a building. And a lot of people since this movie came out have done deep diving. And they're like, this is like image for image you know, locations and celebrations and costuming. And they did a fabulous job as far as that visual aspect of representing the Colombian people, which is fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. They also use like every popular type of Colombian music. They brought in like two or three really well-known Colombian musicians to like lend their voices and their talents and writing to the film, which was really impactful. Yeah. Uh, The, I think that another thing too is they were they were blending, and this is sort of almost more character based too, but it's also mm-hmm. very much visual. Mm-hmm. Is when they were telling when her family was telling her stories and stuff, she really imagined it in a world that was outside of reality. Like she was really feeling everything that they felt. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense, like they were they they visually. I, I hadn't seen them do that in one of the modern Disney movies where they mm-hmm. created these just incredible visual moments that were kind of outside of the world in a way like mm-hmm. they kind of existed almost in her head i i mean yeah. a good example of that was when she was singing to herself about she's not fine she was coming down the stairs and mm-hmm. you could see the sparkler you know trail that yes. she had you know she was walking down and playing yes. with her hand with that yes. was gorgeously done yeah or when they're talking about bruno and that they're in the nursery and then suddenly they're out of their wedding and they're out and like all these people's memories or that hallway when she goes down this weird hallway and all the family members are like we don't talk about bruno yes it's It's so dramatic it's so dramatic (laughs) but seeing seeing this like very much it's it's so cool to see her perception Mm-hmm. been so visually put into yes. in in this kind of movie where like in other modern kind of 3d animated style disney movies they they have big sweeping numbers mm-hmm. but they're frequently not set up from like one person's perspective in their kind of the way mm-hmm. their brain is set up mm-hmm. and that was really fun to see what you didn't i mean I, I have to say my favorite one though was the donkey unicorn flying oh my through God. the sky. <laughs> so good. Yes. It was so <laughs> good. So just good. like little dream sequence. Yes. Um, was perfect. And that kind of leads us to the plot and originality yeah. of this story. So I know that Ian, you had brought it up that and there wasn't a lot of like toxic masculinity at all no. present in this movie, which is kind of shocking when you're thinking about movies in general right yeah. right well i mean this movie is all about generational trauma within the yeah. family especially we can only with, have one toxicity going on yeah right. exactly <laughs> like, like there's so many examples of toxicity right that i don't think it was necessarily needed to bring, right. it, bring that in no. right. like i right. love that the two people that have joined the family um felix and antonio not antonio um oh my gosh What's Mirabelle's father's name? I, I know. I can't um, remember. We should have Googled this. I know. I can. Um, 
the t- and Mirabelle's father both joined the family and they're both very open and they're like, yeah, it kind of sucked to, you know, come into a family that had all these special gifts and we weren't going to ever have a special gift. Mm-hmm. But they're so supportive to their wives. Yes. And they're like the least problematic people in the entire family yeah. are these people that joined. Also, like on an aside, I loved the character um, development mm-hmm. and representation of people of all colors that come from Colombia. Oh yeah. Because there's so many times where you'll see a, um, like kind of Coco was the kind of this way. Like it's great. You get to see people from Mexico, but you only really see like one skin tone. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in Colombia, you you, in this movie, you see people of all ethnic backgrounds and it's gorgeous. You get the darker and the lighter. Like Felix, everyone from Mm -hmm. Felix to Mirabelle to, um, Dolores, they all have different, you know, shades and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, they, those two outsiders are like the most understanding. And then you have yeah. Abuela who's so afraid to lose anything that she pressures every single member of her family yes. in some way yeah. to fit this mold that is not sustainable for mm-hmm. a person who that has a soul and is a person. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, right. It looks like the other person's name is Augustine. Augustine. Augustine yeah. 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 But no, you're 100% correct. And I mean, to be completely honest with this, who really hasn't had those same sort of family pressures that they've had to deal with? Mm -hmm. And I mean, I know that I could identify with multiple characters. It was like, oh, that trauma? That's me. Oh, no, that one. Maybe I'm that character. Oh, no. We were all doing that. I'm just like, I've never related to so many simultaneous characters. (laughs) It was just amazing to see, you know, how you can, how a movie can get you into the mind of every single character. Yeah, it's like, forget Hogwarts houses. Which character character are you? (laughs) Okay, eldest child, Louisa, lots of pressure. Who? Okay, who's the middle child that needs to be perfect so they can be seen? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, that's that's exactly it. And just, you know, and even the, even the, the, the teenager who's like just not sure who he is yet and therefore he shapeshifts. Mm-hmm. Like how Camilo ob- is such a great so obvious. Yeah. It's just very obviously like you don't think about it but like the second you think about it at all you're like oh my god that's so obvious. Like mm-hmm. what teenager doesn't know what they want to be? Yes. And it's just very dramatically shown in his gift. It's mm-hmm. so it's so cool. Well and it's just the first actual movie where they've taken on family trauma like this. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that is a huge topic that for the most part at least for our generations growing up, we and, and prior, we did not acknowledge that it existed. Right. And now not only are they acknowledging that that is a thing, but they're bringing it to a family friendly yeah. show to like, make it easier for younger people to understand. Yeah. yeah and oh, yeah. address with their own families. Because mm-hmm. the big yeah. part of this film was like, not only do you need to recognize that this is happening, which is Mirabelle's like the impossibility is that Mirabelle doesn't have a power because if she did she would also be under this pressure and she yes. wouldn't be able to identify mm. what's going on she, was a she wouldn't be able yeah. to help the family and save the casita so yeah. it's like you have to not only acknowledge what's going on but you have to be able to bring that to someone and say mm-hmm. here's how you're making me feel and they can yell at you and say no it's your fault but like at some point it's going to come to a head and you could either fix it or you can leave and also you know. showing that older generations can be wrong yeah right. absolutely like they are not infallible because they're older. They have been through trauma too. And this may be their trauma response, but it doesn't right. mean that it's healthy. I thought right. this was just such a fabulous representation of like family dynamics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. Yeah. And, and it's funny cause it's one of the topics and we, you guys already touched on this, but the, it's one of the first times that Disney's ever looked at it, which mm-hmm. I think is so interesting. Yeah. It's like they've family has always kind of been 
perfectly like portrayed in this very perfect rigid way mm-hmm. or they're, they're evil and it's an evil mustache yes. yes you know it's, it's one or the yeah. other and that was a and and so bruno to me was such yes. a fun mm-hmm. example yes. of that and so he was amazing and i i think i mentioned this during uh, chris and i saw it together i i kept my mouth shut during yeah um the thing that i really liked about with with bruno is you know obviously they do the thing where they're portrayed he's portrayed as a villain very early on yeah. Um, you meet him, and clearly he's not a villain. But they start off with all like the neon greens that yes. you used to and that see was with the villains. Yeah. They really they make played... him very snake-like yes. and like yeah, shifty. Really played with the idea of a villain in the, the Disney, Disney canon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they, they used all of even when we were even when he was established to not be a villain. Yeah, they yeah. continued to use a lot of visual cues. Of villains in Disney, and so like the like you said, the use of green and his eyes go green, mm-hmm. and like he's got all this green, like all that stuff. Like that was such a unique way to show. It's like the your family isn't always right about other people in the family, or you, about you, or about, about you. what you offer yeah. to the world. Yeah, just because they don't understand it does not mean that you are invalid or that you are wrong. Right. And then he opens his mouth, and it's John Leguizamo. Yeah, and right. and that he's was... the biggest Hufflepuff I have <laughs> ever seen on screen, and I Literally. love him so much. He is just a wonderful wonderful man he's like man. i'm causing problems in my family i'm, I'm not gonna leave my family because i love them too much i'm gonna right. hide in oh the my walls God, that little fix plate. their problems that little chalk oh plate on the tables oh, stop it oh. and and you know that whole time and he's he, the only person that supports mirabelle and her journey right, yes right with his and he's got a gift mm-hmm. you know and so he saw he saw through it, but he was also part of it, and he couldn't yeah. fix it. Mm-hmm. But he's been, you know, basically existing in the shadows, trying to fix the house. Yep. And it's so interesting, and that that seemed deeply metaphorical to me, but I can't figure out how it ties in, because he wasn't really present, but he's been kind of secretly patching up the house. Mm-hmm. And I just find that really interesting that that's like what he's been doing. Or he wasn't, think, what his, yeah. his alter ego was. I, I think in some, in some ways he was trying to fix himself. Self, yeah. To there you make, go the casita stronger and to be able to help when he knew that mirabelle was going to be help or like help. or like he was kind of internalizing all of the issues of the house Absolutely. himself yeah now that being said i also agree with him where he was like that was a lot of stairs and so i'd rather be right <laughs> off the kitchen right right, so. right. yeah <laughs> totally totally valid it's like why is that his room yeah He's gotta go all the way yeah. Up there. yeah yeah there wasn't you, even a bed are you sleeping in flight. the sand <laughs> Yeah. yeah, why? Like, who, like, the, like, come on, Casita. Why would you do that? Like, That's so on. weird. Yeah. I also really wish we got a glimpse into everybody's room. I know. Because we did. I did see some. Um, drawings for Luisa's room. Oh, wow. And it's like all stone inside and very strong, but then she has a secret door that none of the family know about that goes into an amusement park where she can relax oh. and be her and have fun. Oh. And I was like, just break my heart, Disney. So do the husbands have to live with their wives in the wives' rooms and have to so. deal with... Whatever their wives have? Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Honestly, like... Felix would be fine. He he loves this, Peppa so much. This yeah. is definitely setting up this to be a, a series on Disney. Yeah. Oh, it's it's yeah. very much something that they are going to be able to deep really dive so. into and have lots of different variety of yeah. stuff. Yeah. I think this is going to be a great thing. Um, back to like our ask, acting and casting. Mm-hmm. Acting and casting. Acting and casting. Um, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda yeah. 
is the rock star of music at this point. Yeah. And he did a lot of the he was the primary he was the he was the he was the songwriter. Yeah. 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 Um yeah, he was the songwriter. There was a I think I can't remember if she was Colombian or not, but there was a He normally likes to work with the specific nationality mm-hmm. that they're working with, well, like in Moana. So yeah. that was so he did that with some people in Moana, but they also usually pair a classic film composer. Mm-hmm. So Moana had Mark Mencina, who was uh the composer for Tarzan, worked yep. with Phil Collins too. This time around it wasn't Mark Mencina, and I have to look up who it was because it was It's okay, really you have cool. that wiki link still. Yeah, where did it go? Come back. Yes, we're referencing wiki right now because it's fast. <laughs> it is. Um, Jermaine Franco, uh, and she is... She did Coco's music. Oh, I do love Coco's music. Um, it is great. Yeah, and so she's she's great. I'm trying to remember... Yeah, I don't know how... She, does, she has a lot of stuff, but it's not a... Um, um, she's the first Latina to be uh, in the music branch of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, but she's 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 the real deal. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, yeah, I mean the music, just the incidental score was incredible. <laughs> but there were some we, times where I just have to say there was definitely like Hamilton. Oh yeah. In oh there. my god, that's become like a huge <laughs> thing online. We just you're just like talk. Yeah, it was it was really funny to see, and that's kind of true with with um, Lynn and his work. You do see there's always some aspect, some kind of cadence and stuff mm-hmm. in his music that you can tell is him. Though I will say, you know, between like this and Moana, there was enough difference to me that I didn't feel like it was like he was recycling or anything. Yeah. Like it felt it felt fine. Like it wasn't. But you do always notice he's there. Oh, yeah. I can't believe how fast Stephanie Beatrice, though, could say oh my those God. lines. Like yes. oh my God. in the family Madrigal when she's doing like uh-huh. the, the final little section. Oh, my God. I'm yeah. just like, I, I've... I've listened to that soundtrack so many times that I try to sing along and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no way. She, I, honestly, I was, uh, I really liked that most of the time. And I, when I read through it, I always, with especially Disney animated singing stuff, mm-hmm. I would like to see who did their own voicing for oh, the yeah, music. Mm-hmm. And it turned out it was only the abuela who had a different, uh, mm-hmm. voice actor mm-hmm. for singing. And that was actually the, the abuela from into the Heights or in the Heights, both from, uh, the stage show and the movie. And the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's Everyone else sang their own stuff. Yeah, Stephanie Beatrice cool. can she, tear it up. And when you know can. her as Rosa from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and then you hear her real voice, it's like, yeah. what? Yeah. And you kind of got a little bit of it in, with the, in the Heights movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh my gosh, she was yeah. so great. I was just, uh, she she absolutely blew me away. I was not, ex- I was just wasn't expecting her to be like the Disney breakout for the, it was just yeah. so cool. She was great. Also, Jessica Darrow, who plays uh, Louisa. Like her voice, like the way she makes it so deep Deep, and like chest. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so good for the character, but it's still like very pleasant to listen to. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was a, it was an, it was a unique portrayal of a character in, in Disney. You don't get a lot of, you never see pretty strong, uh, bigger women Women with, with a, with a, with a deeper voice. And and they even acknowledge that in the song where it's my beautiful and strong sister. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not any sort of size shaming at all or anything. They're like, she's like, she's she's gorgeous and strong. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it was a it was it was unique to see, and it was it, like you said, it was very pleasant. Like it was like a neat, it was a neat thing to see. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. And I have to go to the connection now. The internet's favorite sort of trying to cross lines because we're always looking for Easter eggs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
the we don't talk about Bruno uh-huh. connection to Luca and Silencio Bruno. <laughs> like, who pissed someone off? Name, yeah. Bruno, how did you, like, completely line jump to Pixar movies <laughs> right, where they right. don't even want to hear from you? I mean, I, I love come that. on, the, dude. The, the, the article is like, what is, what, what is Disney's conspiracy against people named Bruno? Like, <laughs> Two very closely released. Yeah, <laughs> yes. very close to it's each like other. We're pulling one from the no, archives. No. It's very recent. Yeah, that's funny. I yeah. Overall, I was just deeply impressed by the voice acting mm-hmm. and John Leguizamo was perfect. Perfect. For Bruno. Yeah, yeah. I love that they still st- stuck Alan Tudyk in there. I, I know. <laughs> like, what character was he? He, he was the, the toucan. toucan. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I went to he played Juilliard. another bird. <laughs> he played another bird. I just love that, I went like, to this, in, this, in, this incredible actor is just being like, they keep bringing him in. They're like, we don't actually have anything for you, but we love you. Can you just voice a bird again? He's like, yeah, yeah okay. You're our good luck charm. Yeah, we haven't honestly, had a bad movie that's since true. that you voice in. Oh, so. my God. Like, He's just... like the guy from Toy Story, but for Disney Yeah. Shows. Oh, God. What is it? He was like the, the cannibal John and stuff. John yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. That's but, so oh, I think he would love that comparison, though. I absolutely. Alan Tudyk to be like, I'm the new Ratzenberger. The new Ratzenberger. <gasps> but for yeah. the Disney films. But for the Disney films, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, every voice was great. Even, so like, good. my one of my favorites, and I've mentioned him before, is Felix, and I loved his voice. Like, it's so smooth, and, like, yeah. the way, he, even his lyrics, like, they all just support Peppa. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, and she's... Even when she talked about how there was a hurricane during their wedding, he's like, what a joyous <laughs> day, but anyway... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But exactly. go ahead, honey, I get yeah. it, but I'm very yeah. happy I married <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, so, yeah. I was gonna say, so, as far as ratings go on this one, yeah. I don't think it's in theater anymore but no. we do know it's on streaming mm-hmm. and i did see it in theaters i would say <laughs> if if covid wasn't a thing because i'm still not seeing a lot of movies in I'm theaters mm-hmm. i would have seen i would have paid full price I for gone, this. Oh, i would have after seeing it, i would have gone and seen it in theaters for mm-hmm. sure yeah this is this is a fabulous movie if you haven't had a chance to watch it yet please do yeah maybe it's have a tissue so hand good. Yeah. yeah. One I was fine the whole way through until you got to that last scene and then I was like, okay. And I've watched it probably eight times by now and I still mm-hmm. tear up every yeah. time. So. It was... I, yeah, I need to, after that first kind of taking it all in, mm-hmm. um, I need to like dig in more. I also need to listen to the soundtrack a little bit more because I remember just being like, it was tying in so well with the story mm-hmm. that the music itself was just kind of being integrated and yeah. I wasn't listening to and the there music properly. And there's a couple songs where you don't hear all the songs because all the different characters are singing different lyrics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes they change from what they originally were. Yeah. yeah. So it's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Super, so super well. It's just a very like tight well put together movie in the character driven movie, yeah. movie yeah, yeah with where every character brings something unique to the overall story and it just and it doesn't overstate its welcome mm-hmm. it does it just does exactly what it needs to do and gets mm-hmm. on its way yeah. it's just an amazing film to so. me Agreed. I would. I would highly recommend. I can't. I can't really say like yes. Go see it in right. theaters. Pay full price. But, but, but based yeah. on our Watch typical it. review system, is if if you have an option to pay full price, if there was like <laughs> a situation <laughs> where you were paying full price buy for it, it. Mm-hmm. just go ahead and do that. Physically yeah. buy a copy. That's I what might, we're gonna say. I might see if they have it on Blu-ray. Some of those yeah. really good ones, I'll just grab them. On, I think they do limited runs of Blu-ray still for some yeah. of those. So I might yeah. do that. So there's there's our pay full price yep. for it mm-hmm. comparison. Yep. Exactly. Buy a physical copy to make sure you have it for your library before it goes back in the Disney Vault. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and on that note, this has been WD Carousel of Podcast. My name's Crystal. I'm Ian. And I'm Laurel. And we hope you have a great big beautiful tomorrow. Bye, everybody. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow.
just a dream away.